I hope you have um, numbers six open before you. Um, I think that'll really help you. And uh, these are just, they're, they're wonderful, wonderful words. They're really, they're really ancient. They're three and a half thousand years old. And yet just wonderful. And maybe you've come across the online uh, YouTube video where there are various church leaders and choirs and things pronouncing this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And they're sort of uh, pronouncing it and singing it. And it's, it's gone viral. Um, actually, these words are echoed quite often in, in, in common speech, even by people who aren't Christians. Maybe you've, um, uh, like us, you've had a little baby, our little Rufus, and we're walking down the street and someone says, oh, bless. Or maybe you've been going through a really hard time and people say, bless you. What I want to help us see from this passage is... Um, what the Bible actually means by this and how we can get God's blessing and how it's going to totally transform your life. So let's dive in. Um, what is God's blessing? Because it can sound, sound rather fluffy, can't it? Well, this was originally part of the Aaronic, uh, not ironic, but um, Aaronic blessing said at the end of every service in the tabernacle by Aaron the priest. Um, just um, to, to give you a bit of a sense of what's happened, if you're brand new to this story, um, God has rescued his people from Egypt, the bit in red over there, and he's taking them to the promised land of Canaan in yellow. But in the meantime, they're, they're in the wilderness. Life is very difficult. But wonders of wonders, God travels with them, symbolized by what's called the tabernacle, um, this great big tent. And... Um, at their equivalent of church that they had at the tabernacle, Aaron and his sons, who were the priests, were told, verse 23, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. So um, this blessing is God's initiative. Uh, the, the people don't have to earn it. They don't have to twist God's arm to get it. I think that's how lots of people tend to think that they need to relate to God. But no, this is God's free initiative. He wants to bless. And blessing is his purpose in all the really complicated caboodle of the, the tabernacle. Perhaps you've read Leviticus or Numbers before and you, you come across all the, the special people and the washings and the, the rituals and so on. You think, well, what, what on earth is it all about? It's all about this, that God can live with his people and bless them. Well, what exactly does blessing mean, though? Well, if you're new to the Bible, the key, like any other book, is context. I just want to give you three contexts. First, um, creation. Back in Genesis 1, God created the world, and we read six times, God saw that it was good. And we read twice, and he blessed. Here is God delighting in the world that he's made and longing for its good. But I think that's part of what the Bible means by to bless, to, to delight in and long for someone's good. It's the sort of stance that you get very rarely from a boss at work. Although on the, you know, on the rare occasion that that, that is the case, um, it brings out the very best from employees, doesn't it? If, if you know that a boss delights in you and longs for your, your, your good. And this is something that's seen sometimes in an excellent teacher, isn't it? And it, again, it brings out the very, very best in uh, young people. But above all, it's seen in a relationship with a good parent. And that's the second Bible context. So first context is creation. But the second one uh, is the family. Because in this family of the Israelites, fathers at the end of their lives would routinely gather 
all of their children in to bless them. For example, Genesis 49 verse 28 speaks of Jacob, this sort of wizen old man, blessing his 12 sons. And it says he gave to them. I guess he divided up the property. And that takes our definition beyond words and feelings to bless is to invest all one's power and wealth for somebody else's future. It does something. Hence, uh, Numbers uh, uh, 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, add a third context of covenant. So we thought about creation, family, and third context of covenant, which is pointed at in, in God's name there, the Lord. And to bless is strengthened with blood binding promise. Not I'll, I'll try or, you know, I sort of, I wish you well, I hope things go well for you, but I will. I'm utterly committed. Well, children, if you're listening, I do hope um, uh, whole families are able to listen to this. And I, I, children, I'd love you just to be able to engage here. So I've just put a few pictures up that might just capture what I've been saying. Um, now, let's, let, let's, let's have a look at these. So what does it mean to, to, to bless? Well, here's, here's one example. Um, to bless is to delight and want someone's good. There's a family absolutely cheering on their little boy in a game of football um that's that's one idea that the bible has about to bless that's god that's what god 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 does as he as he looks on his people and um, the second thing is to bless is to invest all that you have and here's a dad giving over the keys of the car to his teenage son I, he looks a lot more relaxed about it than i think i will be one day with our tabitha and lydia and, and, and rufus um but that's what it means to bless someone to invest all your wealth everything you have in someone else's future um, here's a third uh, picture. Um, this is children. This is um, what's called a will, which is a, a promise that mums and dads make to their children to bless uh, involves uh, promising. Now, here's the thing. This is what the God who made the whole universe wants to be like with us, his people. And remember that the Israelites were just a ragtag bunch of wandering slaves who would, in fact, be nothing but a pain to God. And yet God says, I delight in you. I long for your good. I'm going to invest everything I have in your future. I promise. I promise on pain, in, in, in fact, of my own death. Now, they would hear this repeated uh, every time they went to the tabernacle. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. But the tragedy is for these people is that they became like their ancestor, Jacob, who just didn't believe that promise of God and therefore looked for blessing everywhere else other than from God himself. Um, do you remember the story of Jacob, how he tried to cheat and steal blessing from his dad? And then he tried to slave for it from his uncle and then finally to wrestle it off God. And the Israelites in the wilderness actually just became like that. They think the blessing is something that other people can give or that they have to somehow achieve themselves. When all along God is saying, I just want to give this to you. Now, can't we be just the same as that? You see, all of us want people's attention, don't we? We want their face to shine upon us. We want to be told by somebody else that we're valuable. We want to, we want to feel secure. And this is a very great driver for so very much of what we do in life. We're all seeking blessing, right? 
we're all seeking blessing. Of course, actually, there's no one big enough in life, no one else, to really bless you. And the confusion in recent times is that we've been told that actually we shouldn't really look to anyone else at all. Um, you know, we, we should just look to ourselves. We can bless ourselves, we're told. You can just tell yourself that you're a wonderful person, that you're important. That you can find your whole identity without reference to anyone else, just you. Now, can I say, with all due respect, that is a recipe for utter emptiness. It is a lie. Only someone from outside of you can bless you. And only the Lord is big enough to really keep for his face shining on you to really satisfy and for his promise to bring real peace. Now that's something that Jacob only discovered right at the end of his life. Numbers shows us how we can find it now. So let's move on from the question, what is blessing? I hope you feel like you've got an answer to that. To, um, to bless is to delight and long for someone's good. Um, it is to invest all your wealth and, 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 and uh, resources in somebody's future. And it's to bind that all up with a promise. And that's what God wants to do. So we thought about what is blessing. Second question, how can we get God's blessing? How can we get God's blessing? Well, do you see the language in verses 25 and 26 there? The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord turn his face towards you. What does that mean? That the face of God means his relational presence. So children, you know when you're at home, maybe your mum and dad are, are, are there, they're sort of present in the room, but they're busy. They're busy preparing supper or uh, answering some emails on their laptop or something like that. So they are present, but it's not the same, is it, as when they get down on their hands and knees and they, they look you in the face and they say, what are you up to? And they join you in making some Lego or something like that. That is so much better, isn't it? Now God is present everywhere with every person. But the blessing of number six is to have his face turned towards us, his relational presence, his warm smile, his attentive listening, his eyes on us, longing for our good. Now, there's a huge, huge problem with that. Uh, Moses, who was one of the greatest people who ever lived, um, once in the Bible, asked if he could be very, very close to God. And do you know what he was told? Do you know what he was told? To see God's face would mean instant death. And in Numbers 3, uh, you see just that with two priests who think they can just saunter in, right into God's tabernacle and they end up dying. Now, the bigger story of the Bible is that we were made to live face to face with the God who made us like this face to face that was the very meaning of our lives with no distance but that we turned from god in sinful rebellion i'm going to live life my own way and so god turns from us quite fairly his holiness and and our sin are utterly incompatible like oil and water and so god wasn't just saying you know i'm grumpy with you so i'm not going to look at you <laughs> and no, no no for him to look on evil is impossible it's incompatible it would mean our death Maybe actually this morning, the thought of God's holy face up close and personal with you is actually a terrifying thought. I think if we have any sense of what we're like, 
and what God might be like, we should feel that sense of great discomfort. So, verse 22, how can Moses, who had been told, like, you cannot see the face of God, how can he tell Aaron to say this blessing? Well, verse 25 gives us the answer. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Uh, to have the blessing of relationship with God must be an act of absolute radical grace, which means his undeserved forgiving kindness. So how do we get God's blessing? Well, it cannot be something we earn. Moses can earn it, could he? And actually, the first part of number six, um, we meet this particularly committed branch of Israelites called the Nazarites, who, among other things, were never allowed to cut their hair. Maybe your hair um, is starting to look a little bit Nazarite um, during this time. Mine was certainly enormous a while back. Um, and yet Aaron announces the blessing at the end of number six, not just on Nazarites, super keen folk, but on all the Israelites, because blessing is not something that you can earn but it does require sin being dealt with. It's striking in chapter five that it's actually all about the impurity in the camp and how very, very seriously God does take that. How can God bless us, therefore? Well, he must graciously deal with our sin. It's not something we earn, but it's something God needs to achieve and he needs to deal with sin. And that is why this blessing was always, um, always came at the end of the tabernacle service. Now, do you know what the rest of the service was about? bloody sacrifice as animals were brought and your sin was um sort of as it were um placed on the on the head of the animal and the animal was killed in your place and sin was dealt with now we see in the new testament that that was actually just a picture of the sacrifice of jesus and i can i say if you're not a christian and um, here's a bit i'd love you to really tune in on um, because this is absolutely crucial. Um, Hebrews 10 says this, we have been made holy, in other words, fit to be with God, through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day in the Old Testament, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin himself, he sat down at the right hand of God. In other words, sin had been dealt with once and for all. And so in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says that Christians get to see God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. We get God's face. Now, Moses would have been absolutely bowled over by that thought. How do we get God's face of blessing? It is through Jesus that at the cross, he found his father's face turned away from him and he died for sins. And the curse of God that you and I deserve was placed on him so that the blessing that Jesus alone deserves could come to us. The Lord be gracious to you. Well, he has in Jesus. And the only reason this blessing could be announced beforehand in numbers was because of what Jesus would do. So we've thought about what blessing is. We've thought about how we can get it. 
only through Jesus. Let's consider as we close how this blessing changes our lives. How this blessing changes our lives. Well, verse 27, can you see there, says, so they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites. Um, imagine an orphan being adopted into someone's family. What happens? They're given the family name, aren't they? Well, being a Christian should transform everything in a similar way. It's not just a matter of mere words and feelings. It really changes our name, our identity, our belonging, as we know the blessing of God. Some applications. Um, first to children, then to uh, anyone who's not a Christian listening in, and, and finally to uh, uh, adult Christians. So first, um, children, a few things it struck me. Um, this passage says to you, if you're trusting Jesus, which I guess many of you are at home or um, at the church building, do you know something? You are the most blessed people on the whole planet. You're blessed. Now, it may be that there are a number of things you can't do at the moment that you feel pretty frustrated about. I guess the Israelites felt like that. They were stuck in a horrible desert. But God was blessing them. God's face is shining on you today, whether it's raining outside or sunny. His face is on you. And do you know what the Israelites often did? Um, and something I often do, grumble. It's really the story of that whole journey round and round and round the desert. Grumble, 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 grumble. I'd love you to pray for me on, about that. But maybe you need to pray for yourself too. Because when we grumble, we are failing to remember that God has blessed us. Now, perhaps you're finding it pretty hard having your mum and dad uh, at home, but often they're working. Their face cannot be on you the whole time um, because they're not God and they have to do their work. Do you know, God's face is on you always. Maybe children, actually, you've been fighting or you've been jealous of your brothers and sisters. Maybe, maybe, maybe one of your brothers or sisters is a bit better at some things than you. I'm sure the Israelites felt quite similarly. There must have been some things that others were way better at. But God delights in all his people. And you never need to impress him. You never need to earn anything from him. You never need to prove yourself to God. He'll bless all of us. Um, a few applications to non-Christians. And um, if you're watching, by the way, and that's you, thank you so very much. I guess there's a whole host of questions that rises from this. Maybe this is all completely brand new to you. And um, well, I think the church would love you to get in contact. And um, uh, one thing that we run here is Christianity Explored. I've actually been doing that online. And it struck me, although I'm, it's going to be a few months before we move down, sometime in the new year, we'll be there. It may be that you can make contact with me um, through Roland or one of the others. And we could run a little bit of online um, Christianity Explored. I'd love that. Do get in contact with questions. But perhaps I can put one question to you. What would stop you from receiving this blessing of God? I think so much of our lives is to search for blessing. We work so hard to be, to be noticed and loved and find security. And my life is often just utterly gripped by these things. The Bible says that behind all of that searching is our need for the blessing of God. And here it is. Jesus offers it to you for free.
He says, look, I, I've died on the cross and I've risen again so that I can say over you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. What would stop you from receiving that today, from praying, Lord Jesus, thank you that you've taken my curses so I can receive your blessing. And I want to stop looking for blessing from other things away from you. And I want to come to you. Well, you could pray that this morning. Two final applications for those of us who are Christians. And I guess that would be um, a large number of us. Two applications. First, share this blessing. Share this blessing. By which I, I don't mean, um, you know, go on, go on YouTube and try and find that, um, that video and, and uh, you know, send it around all your friends. Although that would be a great thing to do. Um, you, could, um, you could join Dave in, in, in doing that. Um, he's, he's a great sender of things. Um, but what, what I mean more than that is that the New Testament says that all Christians are to be like priests to the world. I, I'm, I'm not a priest, especially. All normal Christians are called priests. And Romans 12, verse 14, specifically says to us, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And we ask, well, what does that actually mean? And the answer is, well, it's to treat people just as God has treated us, to give people our attention and interest, to put our resources, limited as they are, to other people's good to be gracious to those who don't deserve things. Often, you know, we, we, we won't want to treat someone nicely because, you know, we, we won't want to bless them because we think, well, you don't really deserve that. But uh, I'm so glad that God has blessed me. No, I didn't deserve it. Share God's blessing. Share God's blessing. Second, seek more of God's blessing. Objectively, because of Jesus, Christians have every spiritual blessing already. But subjectively, what I mean by that is in our sort of experience, in our feelings, the, the, the relational closeness, the peace of not having to strive, the joy of a new identity, that is not something we experience all the time, is it? I certainly don't. And God wants that for his children. Just like any parent doesn't just want their children to objectively know they're in the family. You know, I, I've, I've, got my, uh, I've got my birth certificate here, so I'm part of the family. Um, but he wants us to, to enjoy it and to love it and to feel that sense now i think that's why this blessing comes in language that's really poetic and moving feelings aren't everything but why not pray that as you seek god in his word and prayer this week you would know in your experience what is in fact true all the time his face shining on you through jesus christ i'm going to pray for that thank you for the privilege of opening the bible um, for you um, and hello to you all. Do, do make contact if you like. Um, let me pray. Dear Father God, we deserve to have your face turned against us in wrath. And we know Moses couldn't see your face or he'd die. We find it astounding, therefore, that in Jesus we get to see your face. Thank you for his death that makes that possible. Thank you that we're in your family, forgiven for free, having a certain future. And we thank you that we don't earn that. It, it comes to us um, for free. Help us, please, feel the privilege of that today. Some of us might be feeling very low at home. We might feel that your face is far from us. But help us know that actually in Jesus is not. 
Your face is shining upon us. You delight in us. You long for our good. And you're committed to us with all that you have. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.